Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Jay, after a wild NBA offseason, basketball is officially back in business. Yeah, Liam, as are the annual Austin Celtics. Hey, what was that about the Celtics? Repeat that. They're always going to disappoint in the playoffs. Hey, no, 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 no. Chill, chill. We don't have Kyrie anymore. We're fine. Alright, boys and girls, back with me today is perhaps the most knowledgeable man in town about the whole Houston 3, Mr. Jay West. <laughs> On today's episode, the NBA preview. We will take you through the big names and storylines leading up to the 2019-2020 season. We begin today with the biggest surprise of the month, the Washington Nationals. After coming out of nowhere to upset the Dodgers, the Nationals used dominant starting pitching from Anibal Sanchez, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin en route to sweeping the Cardinals, pledging their tickets to their first World Series in franchise history. Jay, regardless of who they face, do you see the Nationals as legitimate threats to pull off another upset in the World Series? No, Liam, I do not. I don't think their bullpen has what it takes to shut it down in the uh, second half of the game. And while their lineup has some superstars in it, like Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto, I don't think it has the, throughout the lineup, it's not as strong as the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees. So I don't think they could beat either of those teams. I disagree. They're huge threats to win because what what is the most important factor in baseball right now? Starting pitching? Exactly. The Nationals have just as good as, if not a better pitching staff, then out of the Houston Astros, and any one of those four can easily shut down the Yankees on any given day. So, they're absolutely legitimate threats. And Rendon, Soto, you're forgetting Howie Kendrick, Mr. Clutch, Adam Eaton's really good too, Trey Turner. They're legit, man. They can absolutely win it next week. Well, they really came out of nowhere. Cole huh. has been on an absolute tear for the Astros this postseason. As through three starts, he has recorded 22 and two-thirds innings pitched, going 3-0 with a 0.4 ERA in the process. Liam, do you honestly think anyone will beat Cole this postseason? No. Just no. How, how can you think anybody's going to beat Cole this postseason, given how crazy the run he's been on has been? I mean, 0.40 ERA and... He honestly didn't have his best stuff the other night in Game 3 against the Yankees, but he still managed to shut them down for seven innings. Like, if that's him at his worst, what is he at his best? Like, if the Yankees win tonight, and since it's a bullpen game for both teams, I think they have a legit shot to, I feel kind of bad for what they're going to have to go through tomorrow. Yeah, Liam, I can't disagree with you there. Only way to beat Cole is to run his pitch count up. I think if you put him in some high-stress situations where he has to pitch a lot of pitches in the earlier part of the game, and you kind of run his gas tank out towards by the end of the fifth or sixth inning, and you get to the Astros' bullpen, I think that's the only way you can beat the Astros when Cole is pitching. But, keep this in mind though, the Yankees did run up his pitch count the other night, right? They did, they did. And he was still fine, right? Seven shutout innings. Yeah, Cole's, Cole's a human specimen. Let I don't get, know how he does it. No, no, no. The locks, velocity. The, rock, the locks were certainly an issue the other night, but that may have just been Yankee Stadium pressure. When he gets back home, oh man, I can't imagine. Yeah, 
I kind of disagree with you. I think he's pretty much unstoppable right now. But do you think we'll win tonight? Do you think they'll win tonight? I think it's going to be a close game, and I think the Astros will pull it off at home. Yeah, it'll I be. Think if we get Brad Peacock to start the game and we get a couple good in- innings out of Wade Miley, I think we'll be able to score some runs on their bullpen. Because be, we've seen their bullpen so many times. It would be Urquidy, not Miley. It's going to be Urquidy? It would be Urquidy because Miley's not on the roster. You're right, you're right. Well, Garrett Cole has been on quite an unbelievable run. Enough baseball, on to basketball. We'll start with the whole China dilemma. Daryl Morey sent out a tweet recently defending Hong Kong and the controversy that has been that has been caused has certainly exceeded the level I thought it would reach. Media availability was canceled during the NBA China games. LeBron has made multiple comments on the issue. And Adam Silver has had a lot on his plate lately. However, the, organiz- or the group that w- could come off worse than anyone from this is the Houston Rockets. Jake, is there any way you can see this whole backlash affecting the Rockets negatively at the start of the year? No, I don't think so. I think the players will regroup and just focus on basketball. I don't think any this outside drama will really affect how they play. And it might affect their sales in China, but I don't think that's really going to bother any of the players, personally. Oh, yeah, it's not going to bother any of the players, because, remind me, when 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 are they playing in China again? I have no idea. No, never, never. So it's not. It is not going to be a problem for the Houston Rockets at the, at least when they're on the floor. Off the floor, there may be some issues, but on the floor, they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Either way, quite a dilemma has been stirred. Zion Williamson is reportedly expected to miss several weeks with a knee injury. Zion is one of the many young members of a Pelicans core that includes Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, among others. Do you expect the Pelicans to be able to stay afloat in Zion's absence? Well, the key word here is afloat, and we're not entirely sure what the definition of afloat is, are we? Because we've never seen Zion, Lonzo, and Ingram play together in a regular season game, so we have no idea what they're going to be like, but... I do think that the Pelicans are going to be in the running for a playoff spot this year. More on that later. And I think that they have a tough game in Houston early on in the season. But I think that Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram can at least sort of keep them from totally collapsing, you know? So, it's Zion Williamson has gotten so much hype that everyone's like, oh, the Pelicans are screwed now. That's just not true. The Pelicans will win some games with or without Zion Williamson this season. They will be in the running for a playoff spot. They have arguably the best young core in the NBA. They'll be fine. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you on that. I think their core outside of Zion Williamson is not bad at all. Josh Hart's a good player. And they got a couple good young players like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I think they'll be able to score points and play good defense. And they got a nice veteran in J.J. Redick here. Knows how to score some points. So JJ Redick, Redick, I would argue that's the most underrated pickup of the offseason. Yeah, I agree too. He's a veteran presence and he knows how to win games. He, so. can, he can shoot too. Exactly. He can shoot that's too. And, and you can never have enough shooting. Particularly when your best players are Zion and Lonzo who can't shoot. Right. 
So I think they'll be able to stay afloat. I think they'll at least stay 500 without Zion Williamson. And once it comes back, he's going to make them win at least 75% of their games. Really? Wow. Well, in the next portion of the show, we will be playing In Your Shoes. We will be placing the figure to shoes of an important figure in a revolving topic. We'll start with this, Jay. If you were Golden State Warriors general manager Bob Myers, do you offer any insights whatsoever as to how Clay Thompson is recovering, or do you keep it quiet? I think it depends on how the Warriors are playing. I think if they're not playing well, I would offer some insight on how he's recovering. But if they're playing good as a squad, I would just keep it quiet. I think if they're not playing well, you would talk about future and how when Clay Thompson comes back, you'll be a much better defensive team. But if the Warriors are playing fine, I think I'll just let them play and not offer the team any distractions. I'm going to say this. I'm not certain that Clay Thompson will make a huge impact upon his return because the injury he's coming back from is a torn ACL, right? right. Those are difficult to come back from. Not as difficult as torn Achilles, but they're still very difficult. So I'm going to try and keep it quiet in a similar way to what the Boston Celtics did with Gordon Hayward offer. Maybe a couple of insights at most, but I am most certainly not providing video of his rehab at all. No, no. All right. Not a chance. All right, next up. If you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, what do you expect out of Kyrie Irving this season? Complete misery on a daily basis and being a ball hog. Kyrie Irving is... Someone has hard feelings. Oh, you think? Kyrie Irving is nothing but miserable, and it doesn't take a Celtics fan to realize that. He's miserable wherever he goes. He wants all the attention. He wants the ball. And quite frankly, the Brooklyn Nets core isn't quite as talented as that of the Boston Celtics. So I can't say I would expect too much improvement out of Brooklyn this season. Yeah, I agree with you, Liam. I think this season for Kyrie Irving and the Celtics won't be about maybe competing for a championship, but I think Kyrie Irving needs to install a team chemistry and an atmosphere, a team atmosphere of winning because in the next, not this season, but in the next four or five seasons, the expectation for the Nets will be competing for a championship. And I think Kyrie needs to be, be, a, be a team leader this year and show his teammates, his young teammates who haven't been able to experience the playoffs, will, will experience well, so the Brooklyn Nets last year weren't expected to compete for anything. But in the future, they will have to compete. So I think Kyrie Irving needs to teach some of his teammates how to, what, what, is it, what it's like to be expected to win. Uh, but you would, I would make the argument that he had that same expectation in Boston last year and yeah, failed. I know. He I think failed. He, he flat out failed. He did fail. It may have been because of his. To do it. it may have been because of his impending free agency that disturbed him from it. But no, just no, no. Yeah. Thank God he's out of Boston. We have Kemba Walker now. Next, if you were Dallas Mavericks head coach Rick Carlisle, who do you place as the number one option in your offense? Luka Doncic or Kristaps Porzingis? It's got to be Luka Doncic. I think everything runs through him in the offense. He can shoot, he can pass, and he can drive. I think 
Kristaps will be more of a second option and a roll to the basket and a pick and pop kind of guy that Luca can pass to. I I agree with you completely, and part for two reasons: a because Kristaps Porzingis is coming back from a torn ACL that kept him out for over a year because he's seven foot three. I but I am excited to see him back this year, especially with another All Star as like Luka Doncic. And second, the Mavericks' offense was much better last year, running through Luka. Luka came out of nowhere to average twenty points per game last year, and I since I strongly believe that the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the playoffs this year. More on that later, and it's got and if they're going to, it's got to go through Luka Doncic with. Kristaps Porzingis is a very strong secondary option. Yeah, you're right. Part of the reason Luke, they had to trade away Dennis Smith Jr. is because Lucas Doncic was just so good with the ball in his hands. Oh, absolutely, and it was a great trade for them because Dennis Smith Jr. was causing problems. I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure I picked him to win Rookie of the Year, his rookie year, and well, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, last one, Liam. If you're... LA Clippers coach Doc Rivers. How big of a concern is Paul George's injury? Okay, Jay. Who else did the Clippers pick up this offseason? Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in basketball. Yes, I said it. Deal with it. He is the best player in basketball. So, it's not a huge concern. When the Clippers get Paul George back, they will be the they are going to be the scariest team in the NBA by far. Especially on the defense, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but even without Paul George, they still have the best two-way player in the game in Kawhi Leonard. And oh, God help the Celtics when they face them. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Defensively, I think this team, even without Paul George, can carry itself through games just off their defense. They got Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly and Montrezl Harrell, a great rim protector. So I think defensively they'll be fine, and offensively they'll be able to. Sh- they can shoot, which is always a plus. Oh, so, in terms of making up for all the points Paul George scores, they'll they have Lou Williams coming off the bench. Exactly, this team is dangerous because they'll they'll be able to shoot the free ball, and then they'll be able to defend the wing extremely well. So I don't see this team losing many games even without Paul George. Oh, absolutely, neither do I. I think they. Got to have a great shot at winning 65 this year. Yeah, same. Alrighty, we are now into our prediction phase. Jay and I will each give our 1-8 to eight in each conference, then do hypothetical playoff matchups with our eight teams in each conference until we each have an NBA champion. We'll start with the 1-8 to eight rundown out west, Jay. Where do, you, where do your Rockets fall in this list? Let's find out. Alright. I'm going to start off with my number 8 team. Or I'll start with number 1 or number 8. Start with number 1. Start with number 1. Alright, it's a little bit biased, but I'll start with my Houston Rockets at number one. I think this team will be focused on winning as many regular season games, more so than the Los Angeles Lakers or Clippers, because they want the highest seed for maybe home field advantage. And I think Harden and Westbrook are both very durable, so they won't be missing many regular season games also, unlike maybe a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George. And... I think uh, they'll score, they can shoot. Russell Westbrook's shot looks pretty good this year, even though it's been abysmal the last couple of seasons. What do you think? And defensively, they'll, they 
have some liabilities and harden Westbrook, but if they surround them with the right defenders, I think they'll be fine defensively. From the second team, I got the Clippers, of course. We've talked a lot about the Clippers this show, and I think defensively, they're the best combination of defense and offense in the entire NBA. And teams will have trouble scoring, and then they'll have even a harder time defending. So this team is really dangerous, and they can, I see them making a really deep playoff run. Number three, I got the Nuggets. They had they were the number two seed last year, and this year they fall down a spot because Clippers just improved that much. They'll the Denver Nuggets will improve also this year. They got a new center in Bulbul. He might not make a big impact this year, but in the future he's going to be pretty good. They got Michael Porter Jr. coming back. From oh, that's huge! Season. That's huge! That's really huge. He's a huge. He's like the scorer there. Jamal Murray's a good scorer, but he's the all-around type of superstar they might, if he gets to where he needs to be, he could be the all-around superstar they need to make the next level, the next jump into an NBA contender. And then number four, I got the Utah Jazz. Huge addition in Mike Conley this offseason. I think he really opens up the offense and helps their already great defense. I think he takes some pressure off of Donovan Mitchell, who who had the primary ball handling duties next to Rick Rubio last year. And he didn't really succeed in that role, but he still looks pretty good. But this year, as a second primary ball handler, ball handler, I think he'll have a huge season where he averages over 25 points and 7 assists. And he leads the Utah Jazz to the 4 seed. At number 5, I got the LA Lakers. This squad is really talented. They got LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a bunch of good role players behind them. Well, they don't really have a point guard. LeBron James is pretty much the point guard. But I have them all the way down in the fifth seed because I don't think they're going to really pressure LeBron and Anthony Davis, who LeBron's kind of old now, and Anthony Davis has never been able to stay healthy. I think they won't really put a lot of pressure on them during the regular season. They're going to sit out in a lot of games, and they're going to have to take a lot of rest days. So I think they'll cruise during the regular season, make the playoff, but then when the postseason comes... They're going to be a tough team to stop because it's just LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, and Anthony Davis, one of the best players in the game today. But number six, I got the Portland Trailblazers. They're always a pretty solid team. Damian Lillard's a superstar. CJ McCollum's a star. Uh, they're at the sixth seed. I mean, they haven't made much, many improvements to the roster. And they're always just, I think they'll just be a solid team. They're not going to be competing for a championship this year. Number seven, I got the Golden State Warriors, the former <laughs> NBA champions. No Kevin Durant this season, and no Clay Thompson for most of the season. And they have no big death. They have no Andre Iguodala. They have a, no defense besides Draymond Green. And they really just have a bunch of young players that aren't that good off the bench, so they will not be a team that will, that we've seen in the past, and their dynasty, I believe, is over. They will make the seventh seed because just Steph Curry's that good, and he's going to have an MVP-type year shooting the ball, but that's the only reason why. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Number eight, I had it down to between the Mavs, the Spurs, and the Kings. I didn't have the Pelicans 
in there because I think the Zion Williamson injury might affect them. So I ended up going with the Kings. Really? It's a, it's a surprising pick, yes, but I think Marvin Bagley's made the next step, and Darren Fox is already a star. And I think Trevor Ariza and Harrison Barnes make up a pretty good wing depth defensively. And Harry Giles, if you, they want to start Harry Giles at center, they can have a really small, fast, and young lineup going. And I think they'll be able to win some games this year. They were close to making the playoffs last year, and yeah. I think they make up this year. Alright, we are almost identical. In my first seed, I have the Clippers. I'm sorry, but I just think that the defensive combo is going to be too much for the entire league, and that's going to get them to the one. In my second seed, I have the Utah Jazz. So you mentioned Conley earlier, right? Right. One player you didn't mention is Boyan Bogdanovich, the uh, sharpshooter who, when Oladipo went down last year, really... Picked it up for the Pacers, helped get them to the four seed. So I think, or five, I think it was. That was a very much, that was a really under the radar pickup by Utah. Great pickup, though. The three seed had the Denver Nuggets. They're still in the three just because the entire Western Conference has gotten better. Number four, I have the Houston Rockets. I am, this is going to break your heart, but I'm not convinced Westbrook and Harden are going to work out because. That's fair, that's fair. They're. They've been the two most ball-dominant players in the NBA the past couple of years, so I think they're going to struggle at the beginning of the year until they figure out a way to mesh properly. So they're going to end up in the fourth seed. In the fifth seed, I also have the Lakers, much like you. I think that Dwight Howard, the Lakers picking him up, essentially doomed the Lakers. That was a terrible move, and it's going to come back to bite them. I guarantee it. Number six, I have Portland. Portland's a good team, but the top, top five teams in the West are just better than them. Yeah. Exactly. seven, I also have Golden State. I'm unsure Steph Curry and or D, I'm unsure that D'Angelo Russell can play off the ball. So I think he's gonna have a tough, tough season, and ultimately I think that'll bring Golden State down to the seventh seed. In the eighth seed, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Stapps and Luca may end up being the best one-two punch in the NBA this year, depending on how Chris Stapps recovers from his ACL tear. They got a scary team in Dallas, and they're going to get back to the playoffs. I like your lineup, Liam. I think we both agree that the West is absolutely stacked this year. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's more than 10 teams, or there's 8 or 9, maybe 10 teams that are, can make the playoffs this year. They're solid squads. Well, well, we can't leave out the East, Liam. What's your 1-3 through eight rundown? So you did all the heavy lifting out west. I'm going to do my best to do the heavy lifting out east. For the number one seed, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, reigning MVP, clear-cut best player in the Eastern Conference. I know Miritich and Brogdon are big losses, don't get me wrong, but that is ultimately not going to stop them from running their way to the number one seed again. The two seed, I have my Boston Celtics. I think that with the with Kyrie getting out of here and guys like Morris and Rozier who were complaining about their playing time last year being gone and Al Horford's a big loss more on him later. But Kemba Walker was a great pickup. Enos Kanter another great pickup. And then Tatum Tatum's going to get better. Brown's going to get better. I think Hayward's going to have a better year after getting back on that leg for a full season again and. Marcus Smart, 
the King of Hustle, and then a guy I'm particularly high on, one of our rookies, Carson Edwards, out of Purdue. I think that was a steal, drafting him 30 seconds. Yeah, it was a steal. It was. So, Celtics are going to be better this year. All right, now, for my three seeds, the team everyone's high on, the Philadelphia 76ers. They are the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. They're getting all the hype, but I'm uncertain they're going to be able to keep it up because the loss of Jimmy Butler offensively, that's big. But they did pick up Al Harvard, so their defense will be a lot better, but if they can't shoot the if they can't get another score to back up and beat in Simmons, then what are they doing? Number four, I've got Indiana. Brogdon, huge pickup out in Indiana. When Old Devo gets back, they're going to be a really scary team with those two. Turner, Sabonis, look out. In the, in the five seed, the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, big pickup for them. He's going to get them back to the playoffs. Wait. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Jimmy Butler, going to get the Heat back to the playoffs. Tyler Harrow, great young rookie. I think he's, they've got a lot of potential out there. Number six, I have the Toronto Raptors. They, despite the loss of Kawhi Leonard, they are still a very much competitive team out east with Lowry, Siakam, Van Vliet, and Drake, their mascot. Number seven, I have the Detroit Pistons. That hasn't quite worked out yet for Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, but Derrick Rose was a very nice pickup, as was Joe Johnson. So now they have a little, little bit more of a veteran presence out there in Detroit to help young guys like Kennard Blossom, so I think Detroit will take a little bit of a step up, and as my number eight, I have the Brooklyn Nets. It was hard to pick an A, but because Kyrie will ultimately probably win some games for them based off of pure handles against the lesser East teams, I have Brooklyn finishing eight. What about you? So, for my first seat, I got the 76ers. You're right, they've received the most hype, but I think they just have the, the best roster. The shooting will be a problem. I think the J.J. Redick loss is huge, even bigger than Jimmy the Jimmy Butler loss, because they're going to need that shooting, and they don't have it. Yeah. They have Josh Richardson, though, right? They picked him yeah, up. Yeah, that was a good... They did pick up Richardson. That's a good pickup. He's a nice shooter, but uh, the shooting concerns me a little bit, but defensively and offensively, they're going to be tough to stop, even without our shooters. Number two, I got the Bucks. I got say about the Greek Freak. He's, the, he's probably going to be the MVP again this year. He's pretty much unstoppable. If he improves his shot, he's going to be the best player in the league. Number three, I got the Celtics. You're right. I think the, the, I think the losses of their poor team chemistry, their cancers in the locker room, if you will, is the biggest pickup the Celtics had this season. I think team-wise, they're going to be a little bit stronger. Share the ball a little bit more instead of having Kyrie just hog the ball the whole time. That's going to help their team out a lot. Number four, I got the Pacers. I think this is a really underrated team, and they can make a, a surprising run in the playoffs if teams don't take him seriously. Victor Oladipo is coming off his injury, but I think he's going to have a strong season, especially Brogdon is going to help him too. Number five, I got the Pistons. I think they're going to make a jump this year from not being that great at the squad to being actually a solid team with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. And then number six, I got the Brooklyn Nets. Um, 
Sorry about that one, Liam. But yeah, you're fine. I know, I know their team outside of Kyrie Irving's not that good, but they made the playoffs last year with D'Angelo Russell, right? Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't they make it this year with Kyrie Irving, who's technically a better player? Number seven, I got the Heat. Tyler Harris looked really good in the preseason. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's defensively is, and offensively is one of the <laughs> top uh, two-way players. And then number eight, I got the Raptors. They're still a solid squad, but I'm this low because I think Kawhi Leonard, they were good without Kawhi Leonard last year, but I think they just, they just won't be as strong of a team without one of the best two-way players in the league. Yeah, they're not going to be able to sustain it for that long. Yeah. All right, we have our 16 playoff teams. Now we got to do the playoff matchups. The first round, there are four Western Conference matchups today. 1-8, 2-7, 3-6, and 4-5. Who you got advancing? Well, my first game is, my first series is the number one Rockets versus the number eight Sacramento Kings, and I got the Rockets winning this one handily. My next game would be the uh, number four Utah Jazz versus the number five Lakers. And I got the Lakers upsetting the Utah Jazz in this round because LeBron will be well-rested, hopefully. Anthony Davis will be healthy and well-rested. And those two will not be able to be stopped by anyone on the Utah Jazz. They will be able to get whatever they want. Because and then they have, the Utah Jazz have Joe Ingles. And that's about Derek Favors guarding Anthony Davis. So I don't know if those two can stop that tandem. And then my next game will be the Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers. This one, the Nuggets will beat the Trailblazers, I would say, in five or six games. Maybe it might go to seven, because this is Damian Lillard's very, one of the clutchest players in the league, so he comes alive in the playoff time. But the Nuggets will have too many pieces and scores for the Trailblazers just to stop defensively. And then the number two Clippers versus the seven Golden State Warriors. Clips will sweep the Warriors. Really? Yes. Defensively, they can stop Steph Curry, contain Steph Curry. And D'Angelo Russell, you're right, I don't think he's going to have that good of a season. And there's no way any one of the Warriors is even coming close to stopping Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You can put Draymond Green on one of the two, but the other one is always going to have their way with whoever's guarding them. Alright, so, in my first series, I have the Clippers playing against the Dallas Mavericks. I think Chris Azzelzingas will... Pace them to a Game 3 win at home, but other than that, the Clippers are going to roll over them. Clippers in 5. For my 4-5, I have the Rockets against the Lakers. I think that the, in the first 5 games, the home team will win each of them. And then in Game 6, Russell West, James Harden is going to have that playoff dominant game that we've been waiting for his whole career. And he's going to send LeBron home early again to set up a Clippers-Rockets showdown. Uh, and then I've got the Nuggets playing the Blazers, as do you. I have the Nuggets winning this one in seven. I have the home team winning each game in the series because it was such a tight contested series last year. Who say it won't happen again? Then I have the Jazz playing against the Golden State Warriors, and I have the Utah Jazz winning in six games. They'll, when the Warriors get Clay Thompson back, they'll be better, but not good enough to be the very deep Jazz lineup. Time for the East first round. Who's getting to the East semis, Liam? All right, so I have 
the Milwaukee Bucks against the Brooklyn Nets, and Kyrie's losing streak against Giannis in the playoffs will go up to eight games because the Bucks are going to sweep the Nets in the first round. Then I've got the Indiana Pacers taking on the Miami Heat. It's like the Denver-Portland series talking about earlier. Dome team's going to win each game in that series. And Indiana's got home court advantage, so Pacers in seven. And then I have the Sixers playing the Raptors. I think because of their postseason experience, guys like Siakam and Lowry will get the Raptors two wins in the series. But Sixers in six. Sixers are just the better team. And then... Celtics-Pistons, two years ago when Jason Tatum didn't have Kyrie in the playoffs, he was an absolute monster. I expect the same thing to happen in this series. I've got the Celtics winning in five. So, for my East playoffs, I got the Sixers and the Raptors playing in the one versus eight team game. And I agree with you. I think six games would be a correct amount of games for the 76ers to beat the Raptors. Great and then delight. my next game would be the number four Pacers versus the number five Pistons. Pacers win this series because even though I like the Pistons this year, Pacers are the all-around better team. They got Brockton and Oladipo. It's going to be tough to stop that shooting and scoring for the Pistons. Next game would be the three Celtics versus the six Nets. Celtics win this series handily. Just in their revenge series versus Kyrie Irving. They sweep them 4 nothing. Atta boy. Then my two Bucks versus my seven Heat. Bucks will win this series. Heat will win one game. But it's going to be Bucks in five. Alright, only eight teams remain for each of us, but only four can reach the conference finals. In the West, Jay, who are your two conference finals representatives? So, it's going to be Rockets versus Lakers in the first game, and then Nuggets versus Clippers in the, in the second series. I got Rockets-Lakers. That's going to be a really close series. I think it's going to go to seven games. And in game seven, Rockets will win because it's in Houston. And then Nuggets versus Clippers. I got the Clippers winning in six games. I think the Clippers are the best team in the league. And... Even though the Nuggets are a young, improving team, they're not there. They don't have the right experience to beat the Clippers yet. So my Western Conference Finals will be the Rockets versus Clippers. All right. So out west for me, I have the Clippers against the Rockets and the Jazz against the Nuggets. The second round is historically where James Harden goes bye bye every year, right? That's correct. And three years ago, in Game Six against the San Antonio Spurs, without Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers, the Spurs ran all over them that night, winning by 40. They're going to have to. It's going to be 3 2 Clippers going into game six in Houston. And the Clippers are going to have Kawhi Leonard this time. They're going to have a field day on them. The Clippers are going to win the series in six. I'm sorry. You're probably going to knock out the Celtics right now, too. So. And then Jazz, Nuggets. Home team's going to win every game in that series. Jazz were the two, Nuggets were the three. Jazz advanced to the Conference Finals. So my Western Conference Finals, the Los Angeles Clippers against the Utah Jazz. Alright. So what about your East, Liam? Your East Conference Finals. Okay, so I have the Bucks and the Pacers. I have the Celtics and the 76ers. 
The Celtics historically over the past couple of years have been great against the 76ers. In part because Al Horford has been the guy covering Joel Embiid. Al Horford's a member of the enemy now. I think that is going to motivate guys like Tatum, Smart, Brown to be on their A game when they play against the Sixers in the playoffs. And history is going to similarly repeat itself from two years ago. Though this time, the Celtics are going to knock out the Sixers in seven. And then Bucks, Pacers, Milwaukee's just a better team than Indiana. Giannis is going to struggle in Indiana the first two times around, but come game six, he'll be ready to dominate Bucks and six. So my Eastern Conference Finals is a rematch from last year's Eastern Conference Semifinals, Bucks Celtics. Alright, my Eastern Conference Semifinals, <clears throat> I got the 76ers versus Pacers and the Celtics versus Bucks. Only two of those teams can make it. The first game, 76ers versus the Pacers, I got to go with the 76ers in six games. Just, a, just out of pure talent. I think Ben Simmons is going to be tough to guard. Joel Embiid is going to be tough to guard. Josh Richardson is going to be nice off the bench. Pacers won't be able to stop all those pieces. The Celtics versus Bucks, I have a surprising upset here. I got the Celtics beating the Bucks. Really? Really, yeah. I think the Celtics are going to be a better squad. Now, with no Kyrie Irving, and the Bucks, I think, got worse this offseason with their losses. Even though Giannis is a supernatural, all-NBA superstar, I think the Celtics just... Brad Stevens runs with a nice game plan. Celtics win in six games. Shocked the Bucks in six games. Wow, I'm surprised. So my Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals will be the 76ers versus the Celtics. Four teams remain, Jay, but only two can make the NBA Finals. Who is your finals representative in the West today? I have a feeling I know who it's going to be. It's going to be Houston Rockets between the LA Clippers in seven games. I know it seems a little biased, but by this time, the Rockets made this far. It's had to be, it's had to be because Russell Westbrook and James Harden have figured it out, and they're the best one-two punch in the NBA. And they'll be Russell Westbrook as a primary slasher and secondary scorer. It's unstoppable for the Houston Rockets. Also, he, as a second NBA, as like a, a bench point guard, if he plays with the second team, Russell, Russell Westbrook with a second team Rockets versus the second team defense will be absolutely unstoppable. So Rockets beat the Clips in seven games to advance to the NBA Finals. What about your Eastern Conference Finals? You mean West, uh, West, Western West. So I have the Clippers against the Jazz, right? I think the Jazz will... Win games three and four at home because that's a tough place to play. But come game six, like in the Houston series, Kawhi is going to be ready to take that take that building by storm. The Clippers are going to win in six. We may be seeing the best defensive team of all time. The Clippers are going to advance to the Western Com to the NBA Finals and be the Western Conference's representative. I like that pick. Clippers are one of my favorite teams this year, or my favorite team to go to the NBA Finals besides the Rockets. So, Liam, what about your Eastern Conference, NBA Eastern Conference Championship? Champion? Alright, so I have the Celtics and the Bucks playing, and this prediction absolutely breaks my heart. But I have the Bucks winning in six. All because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. This I'm heartbroken to have to say it, but Giannis, you, you said it earlier, he's a supernatural freak of nature that the Celtics can't possibly produce. I mean... 
There's going to be wrong. The Celtics have a more balanced roster. No one's denying that. But one player can make all the difference. Garrett Cole can make all the difference tomorrow night for the Astros. Giannis is going to make all the difference for the Bucks. It's going to be Bucks and Six. You have, that's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to say on this show. Oh, for my Eastern Conference Championship, 76 versus the Celtics, I got the Celtics. Oh. Because You have more faith in my team than I do. I, I really believe this team's... I think Jason Tatum makes the next step. Jalen Brown makes the next step. 76ers are a coach now playing in the series. They don't live up to the hype of being an NBA Eastern Conference champion. The Celtics topple them in six games. A quick series. So my NBA championship will be the first the Rockets versus the Celtics. Rematch of 81 and 86. Hopefully I'm wrong and you're right. Well... We have our matchups. I have Clippers Bucks. Jay has Rockets Celtics rematch two re- rematch from two series in the eighties. But only one team can host the Larry O'Brien trophy in June, Jay. Your bias is definitely speaking here. Who's it gonna be? It's gonna be the Rockets. The uh, first NBA championship win win since the uh, ninety four, ninety five season, I think. So it's gonna be party time in Houston. They'll win in uh, They'll win it, even though they played a lot of seven-game series, they'll win it another seven games. No, they'll win it. I think they'll win it six games. It'll be it. Just even though the Celtics got nice guard defenders, a nice guard defender and Marcus Smart, I think Kemba Walker will be exposed defensively, and James Harden will have his first big series of his career, averaging 30 points per game in the NBA Finals, and the Rockets will get there. James Harden will get his first NBA championship and NBA, NBA Finals MVP. All right, so I had the Clippers and the Bucks, and last season when Kawhi and Giannis met in the playoffs, Kawhi won. This time Kawhi will have Paul George, and Kawhi will win again. Though this time it'll be in six again. But Kawhi will become the first player to win three Finals MVPs with three different teams: Spurs, Raptors, Bucks, Clippers. Clippers over Bucks in six. There you have it, folks. Our NBA predictions are in. The NBA regular season starts Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central with the Raptors hosting the Pelicans. And there will be national TV games every night throughout the first week. And with that, that's all we have today. I'm Jay West. I'm Liam Griffin. And before we go, I want to say hopefully Jay's predictions are more correct than mine, just with the finals being opposite. I'd like to thank Jay for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, Please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.